This is Dr. Katherine Meeks from the Center for Racial Healing, and we have the wonderful opportunity to have guests who have come to be with us for the International Women of Color and Wellness Conference. And today I have the wonderful pleasure of being able to interview Dr. Jenny Tapod Daniel from New Zealand. And I want to ask you to tell our audience a little bit about yourself tell us what you do and tell us why you do it and then we will go a, a little deeper into the conversation sure thank you so much uh dr meeks it's a pleasure and an honor to be here back here in atlanta actually it's a place that i've been a couple of times and been drawn to you ask what it is that i do and why i do it i've i um am the am the daughter of activist indigenous um parents, grandparents, great-grandparents and the ancestors before them, uh, all of whom were, um, were, were, were struggling over the years of uh, post-colonisation for the right to reclaim our own land, our own language, our own culture, but doing so from a, from a, from a, from a place of faith, yeah, from, right from the very um, beginnings, before colonisation actually, Māori people were people of faith and in fact for 40 years before the colonisers and the settlers came and the missionaries um, we were uh, people of faith so um, people of faith always struggle for justice mm -hmm. I just simply stand in that legacy and I find that everything that I've ever done in my life is a reflection of that um, both the teaching and the urging uh, it becomes um, unavoidable, I think, for, for those of us who are raised in that, in that kind of context. And, and what do you teach? So I became a, a teacher of, uh, of theology. Uh, my background is in race politics and theological education. And I was drawn into that field because um, it, it, was, it became very obvious to me as a student of theology that there were very few people who looked like me in the classroom and there was no one that looked like me that was a teacher. Mm. So uh, it, was, it was at the urging again of my people that uh, I become one of those teachers mm. and ultimately to become one of those uh, leaders in theological education in my own homeland. And you have worked in the US I a, have. a good bit. Yes, I have. I, I, I did my studies in, um, in Berkeley at the Graduate Theological Union and beginning that way back in the 1990s, and doing so because of the, um, the, the example, I guess, that had been set here in the US, by, particularly by women of colour, uh, who were the vanguard, I think, of, of, of activism. And race politics was not really um, well-formed in my own context at the time. It was... It was it was still a forlorn hope, <laughs> mm. but very much many of us were drawn to what we saw happening here in the United States. Uh, and, and as I said, particularly by women of colour. I mean, Angela Davis was one of my kind of sheroes right from the, from the get-go. Uh, and, uh, and ultimately the, the people who came, the women who, who stood before her, many of whom I saw on your office wall yesterday. It yeah. was such a joy. Uh, and including your own mother, and it reminded me very much of of the relationship I still care for my mother, and was very close to my grandmother. So coming into your space yesterday was like yes, it was like. Well, you home. you told me a story about 
talking to your mother Mm -hmm. about coming to this conference. Mm -hmm. Would you share that with our audience? Sure. So she was, um, uh, I mean, she's 90 years old, and it was just uh, an absolute joy to know that I was coming uh, to a place that um, certainly she had, she's been to the United States, but she'd never been to Atlanta, and she... But she she knew all of the stories and she has um, immense respect for the legacy. And so her pride in knowing that I was coming back uh, to carry her, um, I guess, her yearnings and her determinations about righteousness and and justice Mm -hmm. in terms of racial issues... Was uh, was such a source of joy for her. So she was she was enormous. She was overwhelmed, and she cried, and uh, and she pleaded with me to make sure that I called her when I arrived safely. <laughs> <laughs> In the city of that holds such um, such enormous importance for her. And she yeah. was has she, she's been here before. She's been to the United States, but she yeah. hasn't been to Atlanta. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So Jenny, can you talk a little bit about? what it's like to be a, an, an indigenous woman. What, what, what are the particulars? What's the struggle? What's the, sure. what's the upside? What's the downside? Um, I'm going to be talking a little bit about both today. Um, being an indigenous woman, of course, is, is just, uh, to me, is just an absolute blessing because you stand in a tradition rooted to the land of our birth and connected irrevocably to the ancestors. So it's a very secure place of standing and of belonging because you have that organic connection to to all of creation really so it's a tradition that's um that's vitally important and incredibly consistent with biblical understandings of our place in god's earth and as part of god's creation and and as those responsible for stewarding for the for the care of 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 all of god's creation so I, I have always, with enormous pride, um, had that sense of security and of belongingness, irrespective of where in the world I, I ever am. The downside of, of, um, of being Indigenous has two aspects. One, from within the Indigenous community itself, where, where it is still um, overly patriarchal, overly burdened by its uncritiqued, understandings of tribalism Mm -hmm. Uh, so therefore still bearing the burden of um, of of patriarchal conservatism and that's that's part of what I've come to talk about Mm -hmm. um, today but of course also it's the second tier of of um, the, the the racist rung so when when those dominant in my homeland still have have a hierarchy of importance. Um, Maori men will come way before Maori women, so it's kind of like white men, white woman, Maori men, <laughs> Maori mm-hmm. woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still very much um, a hierarchy of of importance, and so the struggle from from under is still very real. Is yeah. that your is that your uh, ethnic group? Maori, yes, uh-huh. yes. Uh-huh. It is my mother is Maori. Her 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 parents, grandparents, and so on before her uh-huh. are Maori. Yes, my father is uh, is a little more complicated. His he has English and Armenian parentage. Uh-huh. So that's the that's the side of myself I'm still discovering. And they migrated. 
from well yeah we we realized that my my grandmother came from obviously her parents were from Armenia and ended up in um, in Malacca uh, mm-hmm. which is where a lot of the Armenians fled after the mm-hmm. the genocide they were business people and so a little bit complicated on that side <laughs> and and what 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 uh, do you see in terms of how 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 we as a human race mm. are dealing with this whole issue of the ways in which we marginalize one another and I mean obviously God didn't mean for us mm. to be the way we are mm. how how have just it, over your years of traveling and teaching and observing what do you see happening in terms of us making any progress toward waking up to the fact that we are one human race of people that need to learn how to live together sure um you see you see it's uneven it, there is a there is a great unevenness across the world but again as an educator my i i am obsessive about the the, the hope that lies within good education but I want to emphasize good education because I think even in, within our church we have yet to discover um, what it is that really good radicalized theological education could do for us because within the discourses of theological education lie all of the solutions I believe. I mean we as as theological thinkers have have the franchise on all the good words with all the good meanings which lead to all the good behaviours which resolve all of the issues of conflict and of bigotry and prejudice and so on. But we are failing, I think, to reveal in our lives and our behaviours and our understandings the fullness of what it means to be compassionate, Mm -hmm. to be kind, to be decent, you know, to be merciful, uh, to be righteous in our ways. You know, we to be deeply compassionate. Mm-hmm. We, we know those words, we pray those words, we say those words, we preach those words, but in our lives often we don't live mm-hmm. fully enough into them. So I, I think the solutions are in our hands, mm-hmm. um, but we just need, I think, to uh, rediscover within our own teachings of each other and in our encouraging of each other to, to to discover the ways to f- to more fully live into those uh, into those um, into those words and those un- do you think indigenous people have a better chance at that than yeah. folks that are in, that are in places where there's maybe uh, a greater sense of ownership for the for the the culture the land the systems mm. than than maybe people who are struggling. Do you mm. do you, do you see any difference? I do, in- I do, and I feel a tremendous sense of responsibility because of that. I mean, I only have to come here and look at the lifestyle to realise how far removed from an intimate acquaintance with the land mm-hmm. and you know this and the oceans and and how unattuned most people living in a city surrounded mm-hmm. only by concrete and traffic and noise and busyness and and the lack of intimacy with each other, mm-hmm. let alone with the land, just makes me feel tremendously sad. Whereas I will return home both to New Zealand and to the island that I now live on and just be completely transported into a, an unavoidably 
intimate relationship just with the ocean and the trees and, and the birds and there is there is nothing between us there is nothing there is nothing to mm. destroy or inhibit that relationship and I just wish I could take all of you <laughs> back <laughs> home I'm ready to go <laughs> because of that yes yeah, but so. I do feel a tremendous sense of responsibility I guess for for pointing out that there is a different way of us mm-hmm. being um, with and for each other and with the earth entrusted mm-hmm. into our care. Because after all, we are simply the guardians of that. We don't own it. It's not. It wasn't given to us to own, to possess. It mm-hmm. was given to us to steward, to care for, mm-hmm. uh, and to keep it for the generations yet to come. And again, I think we're failing. We're failing abysmally at, at protecting that legacy for our for our children. That's why I'm so delighted to see the reaction from young people, particularly across the world, to the um, environmental mm-hmm. struggle. Mm-hmm. It, 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 of course, it would come from them because they can see what what they're about to lose, what they're about to lose the opportunity to enjoy. To mm-hmm. and we we are fa- we are failing them. I I, th- I think so. And yeah. and if it's really going to be critical to have this kind of connection to nature to mm. to to spirit i mean you've got to get there somewhere and you're not going to get there through a computer or con- concrete building mm. if maybe young people don't even realize they think they're just trying to save the earth so they can have a place to live but maybe there's the spirit that's it's a deeper yearning than than is even known to them i think so that that is pushing them forward yeah I you know. think so. I mean, I, I think that we 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 maybe don't appreciate the fullness of young people's uh, apprehension of their own spirituality or of mm-hmm. spirituality itself, mm-hmm. uh, because I do believe that for many of them, it's in their inability to articulate beyond the immediate. I'm doing this to save the planet. I mean, it's a very mm-hmm. simplistic. Um, articulation, but I think that underneath it, there is definitely a sense of something more important, something more magnificent, something mm-hmm. more precious than than they yet have been able to fully form mm-hmm. an understanding of. And I think it is that spirituality. I really do. I I just I see it in their innocence, and I see it in their passion, and I see it in their um, in their almost innocent approach to activism it's it's kind of like they look at us and say well why wouldn't we do this right right it's not aren't we good for doing it it's like why why wouldn't we do this and I it reminds me a little bit I guess of um my own childhood when some of my cousins and some of my friends would say why are you so interested in those things like why can't you just be a kid Can you name some of them, some of the things you were interested in that was surprising to them? Sure. Well, I guess that one of the, um, the one of the stories that I that I often tell has to do with my determination as a as a young child. When most children read, we were talking about books yesterday. Mm-hmm. Most most children like to read uh, books about um, fairy tales and 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 you know kind of interesting stories. But me. I would always read like encyclopedias or 
I only <laughs> ever read non-fiction. I was interested in in women who, like Joan of Arc and Grace Darling, and I mean, these are the women that I remember from, even Heidi was the only woman that I felt that, I mean, she was pretty good. She took on her grandfather and she took on. <laughs> so, and then I started to become, as 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 I, um, my my father reminded me one time, obsessively interested in the Holocaust. Mm. And he would say to me, why would this young indigenous girl on the other side of the world who has no exposure to to war, to Jewish people, to German people, why were you interested in the Holocaust? But it was the injustice that, that, that I mean, I couldn't articulate it at the time, but I could not fathom why human beings would do this to each other. Mm-hmm. So it became an obsessive kind of source of inquiry and and, uh, and and of interest. And then, of course, as I became older and as I became more activist, I have been now involved in the in the struggle in Israel-Palestine for about the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. And um, you can probably guess, I'm not on a side, I'm on the side of justice, but my solidarity with Palestinian people has just absolutely intensified as a result of being inside that context for so mm. long now. And so my father often tells the story when he realised that I'd been become involved and, and was spending a lot of time in Palestine and he became concerned for my safety and so on. But he said, you know, I remember when you were a little girl and this was the thing that you were interested in. So it seems mm-hmm. kind of ironic that now you are... He said, no, it's not ironic. It's just a natural progression as you then begin to understand deeply the issues and you see how w- w- those who were once the oppressed can now become the oppressors. That's mm-hmm. the issue and that's my deepest sadness. Right. Um, but you have to stand always on the side of justice. So I haven't switched sides. I've just stood more solidly. Where justice, mm-hmm. where the cries for justice are the, are the most poignant. Well, thank you so much, Jenny, and thank you so much for that um, absolute um, core commitment thank you. To, to be uh, on the side of justice. I think that, I say that a lot, that the, the best way to make it through the world is to get clear about what's at your core. Mm. And that's, a, a, I think that sums up what you've just said. And <laughs> I'm so grateful that you could be with us for this conference. I'm so grateful that you stand in the world that way and that you stand in the world that way so far away from me and I can think about your being there and be encouraged by knowing that there, that this way of being is is being uh it's being expressed all in, in places that sure. I would can't even really imagine. So <laughs> thank you for being here. You're very welcome. And and keep doing that. Thank you, Dr. Meeks. Thank right. you.